right. Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 65. We got a, a really chill, relaxing podcast for you today. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, it's been uh, over two months since we last recorded uh, due to various life circumstances. Uh, we haven't really been able to record for the last uh, couple of months, but um, you know, things are coming down and we're, we're able to get back at it. So yeah, super happy to be uh, back here with you guys today. So first, uh, let's do a quick quick roll call. Um, I'm I'm your host Richmond. Uh, you know, I'm I'm one of the founders of Art Eater. Uh, I make video games for a living. I uh, got a background in art and animation, and uh, I love being here every week talking with uh, you know my buddies, just talking about stuff that we love. All right. All right. Hey everybody, uh, it's your favorite fighting game expert. The Walking Game Fan Magazine, uh, James Stanley. I uh, I do a lot of freelance work in uh, animation, games, uh, just il illustration in general as well. But uh, I also have my own comic project called Part Time Shuffle, which I'm actually turning into a fighting game someday. Uh, just been really busy, um, working really hard. A lot of it's paying off. Uh, not really sure if I can talk about that stuff yet but i will in due time but uh it has definitely been a very busy time but a fun time so i am very excited to be back yay it's me uh your average web developer from france so i'm thomas i'm a former uh comic book seller turned developer and um yeah now uh speaking you from uh, the west of France, so very happy to be to be back again. Very, we we are all a bit like groggy today, so it's a, it's going to be a very chill episode. That's very good, very good for me. Awesome, what's up, everybody? It's great to be back. It's Adam. Please be here once again, as always. It's your favorite game and level designer, pixel artist, and international taekwondo fighter. Yeah, I'm just really happy to be back with the crew. We've done lots of interesting stuff in our own, you know, interpersonal lives over the past couple of months. But it's just nice to be back here. We've got an an interesting episode to lay out for you guys. So yeah, let's uh let's get right on into it. it feels good to have the band back together. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, good 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 to be here with you guys. Let's uh yeah, yeah let's let's catch up a bit before we get into the topic. Just. Um, yeah, I know it, 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 everyone's been busy with life, and then just like crazy stuff has been happening in the world. Just big events. So, how how are you guys doing? How are you how are you hanging in there? Uh, I mean, terribly. Yeah. <laughs> like we're like, getting like through. Pos yeah, positively, yeah. terribly okay. Is is probably like <laughs> yeah. the the best way to to put it. Uh, I mean, there's things happening across many spectrums in the world, uh, not just counting like individual personal, uh, you know, things in our, all of our lives. Um, you know, I, I think if anything, it's like, uh, I don't know, man, ever since 2019, like, I feel like, is there anything that I can't handle at this point? Like, uh, you know, so I mean, for me, it's really just been like a heavy grind you know moving from being in like retail banking into uh you know freelance illustration and art and working in games and navigating that has been like such a positive and challenging uh time for me um and i mean i just feel like anything else but you know outside of those things it's really just been sort of garnishes on top of the dish that is my life 
so you know for me i i just been trying to hang in there as as much as i can and uh you know like i said a lot of things are paying off a lot of things are going pretty well like if i really look at it like in, in its totality so uh you know i'm looking forward to kind of working out again because i mean i've been so busy that i haven't been working out as much as i want mm-hmm. um but uh you know other than that i mean i've just really been just hanging in there spending time with family when i can um and just trying to have the best mental health that uh i i possibly can uh but yeah a lot of work uh it's fun though so that that does make <laughs> a big difference <laughs> is, is it you know you're doing stuff that you mm-hmm. you love to do um it mm-hmm. makes it a little bit better but it is still work so that is why i'm a bit groggy but also because you know when i take time to relax i definitely go and fight kate a little bit so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie relax by, by just beating that, the brakes off of other people yeah, that's, a, that's a strange way to relax you know yeah. like yeah. the guy's like yeah I, re- I relax by unrelaxing other people <laughs> I, yeah. I mean that's what you gotta I mean, do sometimes man you, ha- you yeah. have to do it sometimes you, you have to just like let yourself chill out by letting someone else just not get the chance to chill out like it's how it works <laughs> yeah especially yeah. how i play guy in alpha 2 that is very uh yeah. that is very spot mm-hmm. on uh other than that i started watching uh breaking bad and that's been oh cool really, really eye-opening for me uh vince gilligan is like the secret american watanabe sometimes like i just there's oh, stuff that happens yeah there's just there's things in it uh thematically that i just i wasn't expecting so it's been like this uh impromptu course on writing and like understanding how to navigate your audience by showing instead of telling like the art of that you know not just doing that but like the actual like specific art of doing that in uh the show so i mean i kind of been kicking myself for not watching it sooner (laughs) um so you know that's been pretty cool you know like outside of all the stress of other things that are going on it's like either i'm beating up people in fight cade and alpha 2 or i'm watching breaking bad so it's like the go between for me but other than that i've been i've honestly been good like in all, all things considered man i i think my life mm-hmm. is in a good place so i'm glad to to say that yeah glad to hear it yeah okay, cool yeah thomas you go next man tell us about your life brother how things been? yeah well it's been uh it's been quite something because <clears throat> i started a new job you know in last december and uh it's been difficult technically because it was something I knew about, but not something I deep dived uh, in before, you know. So suddenly, when you go from surface level to uh, deep inside, it's a uh, it's a whole other story, but very very uh, interesting. And um, so I had my first real vacation, like uh, you know, you you do nothing and you just rest uh, yes. this summer. And uh, I was planning to do. A ton of things like, oh, I have still a lot of renovation to do in my uh, apartment. I have stuff, things, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, what happened is that I did absolutely nothing. Like, I just (laughs) stayed in my couch and I basically attacked my uh, video game backlog. So I finally finished Elden Ring. Uh, Which other games? I, I, like... You know, those moments where you're like, okay, what's in the Steam backlog? Like, I open it and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of horror games inside this. And I'm 
not good at horror games, so I forced myself, you know, you're in the middle of summer, it's the afternoon, so there's a lot of sun going on and stuff like that, so I was able to play a lot of them and was yeah. very happy about it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, great. Like I played, uh, I think I played, uh, I finished Hitman 2, I played Observer, you know, the game with uh, Rutger Hauer before oh, wow. he died with uh, that voice, Rutger I played Soma also. Um, oh, cool. Soma's the, good. Soma's yeah, very, very, very good. Uh, and I played, which is a very different game. It's uh, AI, the Somnium Files, a visual novel, cross seven, cross science fiction, very goofy and uh, crude at the same time. So yeah, a lot of the things like that. Also, DNF Duel came out during the early summer and I played a bit. And uh, after that, I had friends coming and stuff like that. And uh, we had a lot of heat waves in uh, in Europe. Uh, oh, I think AG and I, we're not in the same country, but we're basically separated by 300 kilometers, something like that. Like there's a little, yeah, maybe more, maybe like 400. But we have basically the same weather. So I was mm -hmm. like thinking about you like, oh my God, that's a, oh. that's a hot weather. Like we had like it, it's not going to speak a lot to um, U.S. people because it's uh, in uh, Celsius, but it was like 40 degrees Celsius in my region, yeah. and that's something that doesn't happen. Not, you yeah. know, like the like it's 10 more degrees than normal, and uh, so that was very very complicated to manage. Uh, some members of my family really can't handle the heat and were uh, were not good. So stuff like that, and after that, I came back to work and I caught I caught uh, COVID. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, damn. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, damn. Unlucky, very unlucky. But uh, yeah, it it went well. Uh, I just have like after after effects, uh, side effects after the, the month after that. But I was able to go back to the to the gym and uh, and do some sports, which is always good for your mental health. So yes. yeah. yeah. It's, it's kinda, yeah, it's kind of, you know, rebalancing right now. So uh, so that's cool. And, uh, you know, work is progressing, stuff like that. So a bit like, I mean, probably like a bit like everyone, like the, um, the world is a bit like goofy right now. <laughs> and, uh, that's good to have, put it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good to have to, to, to manage. Oh, yeah, and I finally saw, because it finally came out in front, I finally saw everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Oh, nice. oh my movie. god, this Love that movie. I oh, I see this movie. I've never had I've never had a movie like resuming so much my I don't know the way I kind of see my life around mm. like globally, you know? So that was like very, very refreshing and it's a very, very good movie too. So yeah, yeah. we're very, very happy to finally have been able to see it. Yeah, you should probably go and, and watch it because uh, it's not just a funny movie. It's also very, very deep and emotional one. So, yeah, please uh, please, please go and, uh, and see it. You're, you're going to enjoy it. I assure you, you're going to enjoy it. Oh my so, yeah, God. that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll hop yeah. into real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my well, Speaking of movies and films, I have been watching like a, a litany, a treasure trove of films over the past like few months, I suppose, with my girlfriend, and she's introduced me to so many new. Well, not sorry, so many new to me experiences. So what do I mean by this? 
I happen to have not seen a lot of classic films, which people would consider to be like, you know, the hallmarks of cinema, be it like, you know, well, up until this point, I didn't get to see like Pulp Fiction. Like I never got mm. to see like, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. I never oh. got to see Eternal Sunshine <laughs> of the Swartz Mind. Like um, all sorts of different, all sorts of different like movies stuff. But I've started watching a lot of these with her, and it's just been a lot of fun just going through each of these sort of you know films that people would consider to be such um, hall of fame kind of like classic films and stuff. It's just been really really enjoyable. That's one thing that I've just done and we've just been going through this little like list of films as there are more on the actual list itself but like i've forgotten what they are now but like yeah like there's just a whole bunch of really i suppose strange and like intriguing films out there that are you know just always available to watch and like i suppose mm-hmm. just over this past period of time they've kind of like reopened up uh different areas of the creative brain so to speak so that's been really fun to do um Last month, uh, I went to New York for a, a really fun time at the Taekwondo World Hall of Fame. So, for those who don't know, um, I am also like a Taekwondo practitioner. I've been fighting for what must it be now? Quite literally, yeah, like 14 years now, and I've been doing it for 16, 17 years now. But um, yeah, in essence, what it is. My coach was inducted into the Taekwondo uh, World Hall of Fame just very recently, and I had the pleasure of being able to go with him to support him. So, wow. yeah, we went out to New York. We were staying over in New Jersey, over at, like, the Hyatt Regency, but we were, like, going, like, back and forth between, like, New York and New Jersey, New York and New Jersey a lot. And, yeah, like, I just had a really nice time. Like, I got to see a bunch of cool, like, just, you know, a place where I haven't been, like, in ages. I got to go to some new places, I got to enjoy like some great pizza, go to some parks. I saw the Brooklyn <laughs> Bridge. I went to go visit some friends of mine in Brooklyn. Like I just had like a really nice time going from like spot to spot to spot. The only thing I didn't get to do because I was ill on like, the last few days, we went to see um, the Statue of Liberty and like Ellis Island and stuff. Took some photos up there, did all that stuff. Cool. We took a ferry back, and then like unfortunately because of how long the ferry took plus like multiplied by me feeling like not well i was gonna visit the next level arcade but i didn't get to do it this time but uh, i'm gonna oh, do that this I time i know really, it sucks because i was like i was so close but yeah i just couldn't go you, i felt you, mad you really should if when the next time you come to the states you really should man it's a lot of history there it's a fun place to be you'll end up having great conversations with people it's just it's a a really nice uh hallmark for the competitive scene and fighting games like yeah you should next time definitely make it try to do your best oh, to no. make it man for, for sure for sure like I, I did well i did try my best but yeah i was feeling like really really sick so i was just like i'm gonna put myself sort of like before feeling mm. even worse so to speak but yeah like it was really interesting though because like i got to meet so many different um martial arts masters from around the world so my coach um Mark Richardson used to be like the world number three, uh, like Taekwondo within his weight class back in the 80s at a world championship. And yeah, because of that, he was just, um, he was and is like an amazing coach. He used to coach national teams, both like the British national team, like the Irish national team. And like he himself was like a champion both around in Britain, like multiple times, like 10 times for the British nationals, but also across like Europe and just across multiple different like competitions and opens throughout different periods of time. But he also was able to create lots of really good players too. And in essence, he was honored for his, you know, service, I guess, to Taekwondo in that sense. So both he 
and um, and his wife uh, Jackie, another one of my amazing, excellent coaches who taught me so much. Uh, yeah, they were both given honors as well, and it was just really, really cool to just be out there and just like see and speak to so many like different people from like different areas for example i was able to meet a man by the name of master gerard robbins and he was actually the first ever black or person of color like at all like a ninth dan like in the world so like that's cool i'm a second dan he's a ninth dan in taekwondo you have dance that go up to nine and get a posthumous tenth but it takes a lot of like effort skill time blood sweat and tears to get like up that far at all but especially like back in those times when he's doing it it was like really rough but yeah like just a really um intriguing and you know storied history that like this person has i was just really enthralled to be there as well as get to meet other martial artists and also other like active and actual like fighters as well as other just like masters from times gone by you know so for example even like i met one such like um master albert cheeks who I had a great like conversation with and like he himself was someone who i just really i really sort of just took to he was um a member of the original first like ever like national taekwondo team for like the us and like a champion in his own right and stuff and like a bunch of those team members as well and teammates that some of them were friends with like bruce lee some of them were actively you know like training sparring fighting against people like chuck norris in those times too like i have some photos what we could we could put them up at some stage and, and stuff like that but yeah like it's really nice to just um be able to sort of be a part of something larger than myself but also be able to have like my own journey within it at the same time too it sounds kind of like basic i suppose in one sense but you really get a sort of large uh feel of the the gravitas of the situation like i got to meet people from literally like all over the world from like way across the us going over down through into Mexico, going across through Europe into like Spain, Germany, France, you know, like Italy, going across into like areas like such as there are representatives from Thailand there actually. There are representatives there are representatives from like places like um like obviously of course like Korea. Like just it was it was immense and I got to meet so many people and it was wow. just a really nice time. So yeah. yeah. Awesome gathering stuff. of world uh, warriors. Amazing. Literally the world warrior gathering. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. I had a really nice yeah. time. And then I came back, I came back literally just um, at the end of last month. And then in essence, I've just been living life, doing what I got to do out here, making little bits and pieces of artwork for some things, visiting a couple of friends, mainly just hanging out with like my girlfriend and just like really enjoying life. And it's just been, it's just been nice. Yeah, it's, it's been really, uh, really cool. Wonderful. It's great yeah. to hear. Yeah. Yeah, we'll throw it over to you. <gasps> How you been? Oh man, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> last couple of months have been crazy. Uh, it's, it's pretty hectic. I had um, uh, just dealing with a family emergency. Uh, had a family member, uh, you know, uh, in in the hospital for the last two months. Uh, just uh, had to go through a major surgery. So yeah, I, I was uh, yeah. Thankfully, I, I I've been working from home for a while. I'm able to set my own schedule. You know, so I, I was able to uh, kind of. Uh, just pack, pack up and go to the hospital, stay with them through the recovery. Um, uh, I usually in Chiang Mai, I went up to Bangkok, but, uh, you know, that's where the, the, the procedure was. And I, I'm still with them in the, the recovery, but uh, thankfully everything's good. Uh, it's pretty, pretty miraculous. I won't get into the details, but like it, it was pretty scary for a while there, but uh, they made a really wonderful recovery. Uh, we, we've been at um, uh, 
Chula Vankoran Hospital in uh, Bangkok. The amazing staff there, just awesome, uh, uh, wonderful staff there. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's been great. Um, yeah, stressful, but uh, yeah, these, these are the those those real <laughs> moments. <in life. laughs> I mean, every moment's real, but some some moments just uh, have a lot more gravity. So yeah, it's just one of those things that yeah yeah I won't won't ever forget. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's. Uh, thankfully, uh, they're they're making a great recovery. So that that's uh, that's a, yeah, very very happy about that. And um, yeah, work has been good. Um, I've been working on uh, Zeka Tactics, the game that uh, we're developing yeah. over at Bidag. Uh, just uh, the development there has really come together in the last two months. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, um, so. Just super happy about that because you know. I, I was talking to Thomas earlier. It's like with game dev, like, you know, what you want is you want like just incredible momentum. Everyone's on the same page and just, you know, high fives all around and just like hit the ground running. But sometimes, um, especially if you're trying to do something like somewhat unique, like you often run into walls and you're like, oh man, like that's why people don't do it this way. <laughs> you got to like scramble and figure <laughs> stuff out. And I feel like uh, in the last two months we've, we, um, have really figured out our own process. It's really come together. And um, yeah, I think the team has really matured uh, as in, you know, just gotten really used to working with each other. And um, yeah, we got a really good rhythm now. I think we, we're we really starting to pick up momentum. So really happy about that. Um, yeah, and then other than that, I know you guys uh, mentioned like the importance of uh, you know mental and physical health. Um, I actually started working out again because <laughs> you know just uh, indoors. I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, I gotta like get back in shape. So yeah, been been doing like push ups, just like simple stuff. But like, hey, I'm like back in like you know comparable to like high school college shape again. So really, really happy about that. Nice. Yeah. I can I can do fifty push ups in a row now. I haven't been able to do that Let's for years. Let's go! And years, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's an accomplishment, yeah. man. That's dope. Um, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to call you like like Ripsman, you know, like, just, like, <laughs> Ripsman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's great. That's great of all. But the the thing that uh, I really realized, like in the past months, is that the um, the way uh, physical exercise actually has, um, uh, is important for mental uh, mental health oh, overall. So like, yeah. like the the like I go to the to the gym, but uh, you know I'm not I'm I'm never going to be uh, ever going to be ripped, Thomas. It's it's not going to happen at <laughs> all. But uh, just the fact of going, making a physical effort and going back and then you take a shower and suddenly you have all this dopamine rush and stuff like that coming to your to your brain. You're like, ah, feels so good. <laughs> and it <laughs> yeah. basically makes you, you know, support, like, like distress you, like relax you for the rest of the of the week uh, of, uh, of work and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's um, it's not like easy to to go and uh, have the discipline to to go for it but uh having um, a partner who's uh, disabled we have a, a kind of uh, we already had this habit of you know thinking about how health 
can become once you are in this kind of situation it becomes like a, a second job basically you know how this mentality that you have like ah i don't feel like working well you still get up and you still go <laughs> to work because you have to you know and applying trying to apply this kind of mentality like okay so it's actually something that is not negotiable anymore uh actually helps a lot you feel a bit you know trapped and pressured to do it and it's actually good for you because you 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 get the benefits of doing it which is uh which is always great so yeah that's uh if you uh, if people have trouble like trying to i think trying to shift your your vision about you know having exercises and stuff like that are, uh, really matters because like yeah there's nothing like the the shower after after coming back from the gym or or stuff like that it's really well i'm not i'm not teaching you anything especially aj which which probably has been living the life for, yeah. for like this life for like 14 years but yeah when you're not doing a lot of exercise yeah it's really it really likes just going like you know some people they say yeah you're going to the gym like once a week it, it doesn't do anything or stuff like that and it's like no, no I, I really disagree like if you go once a week just for your brain it's like wonderful it does miracles so yeah it's really really important especially now with you know uh, the world going to flames and wars in europe and stuff like that you're like okay i need a I need to focus on something that is like that's not going to change and like you yes. can deadlift stuff and you know it's not going to change ever like so yeah that's a, that's a great constant Nah, excellent. Also, I was just going to say one more thing. Like, you mentioned watching um, Breaking Bad. For some reason, I literally... Wait, after I just finished watching Breaking Bad itself, like, I just, like, binged it over the past, um, like, two and, like, a little bit months with uh, my girlfriend. And, like, it has been such, like, a wild ride. But after I finished watching it, there's been, like, an influx of, like, Breaking Bad memes. I've just started noticing them more. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I'm not sure how. But like it's really odd to me. Have you have you seen like a bunch of them? Yes, like, I've yes. seen them just yeah, start to occur. It's like wild. Like it's it, weird because I'm not sure what's causing it, but like because I, yeah. I I was like, why am I seeing Breaking Bad everywhere? And I was well, like, you know what? I need to watch it. I yeah, I, I think there's a resurgence because you know Better Call Saul just ended, and you know that yeah, might be a yeah. prequel. That and, might be um, that will be yeah. a lot of fans. I've heard some people say it's either as good or possibly even better than Breaking Bad. So people yeah, are really amped wow. up on that, and then um, and then of course you know you finish watching that, might as well watch Breaking Bad again. For a lot of people, they they mm -hmm. they're watching it for the first time, right? Because they they might have started on another show. Yeah. Did you guys see the one with uh, Walter White playing Mario Kart? <laughs> or Drax? <laughs> in, not playing. He's in Mario like, Kart. No, he's in that world. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. my favorite, my favorite one is. Uh, it's really good. Someone, someone made a Saul Goodman mod in JoJo's All Star Battle. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I just saw that. It's yeah. actually pretty dope. So, like, I'm excited to watch Better Call Saul. Like, once I'm done. Uh, I'm on season three, um, and my heart nice. is everywhere. That's the only thing. That's the only way I can put it because I don't. Because you know, with so many people watching it, like I don't want to ruin it no, for somebody course. else. Watching it for the first time too. 
But uh, yeah, it's a great show. And I honestly think that Vince Galligan is, uh, he's like the secret American Shinichiro Watanabe. There are moods and feelings and shots and just things that are expressed in a way that I've only felt in Watanabe productions. And I, it was weird because I was like, is this a coincidence? I don't know. Like, there's just certain shots and certain moments that are captured in a specific way that, like, just, I'm like, man, this this dude is super talented. Uh, so I'm really excited to, uh, you know, finally yeah. watch Breaking Bad, but also to, to watch uh, Better Call Saul, because, man, That's this is some cool. great yeah. television. I, I just want to say real quick. So, I mean, it, it, they're both auteurs, right? You, you just, you rarely see auteurs in, like, a popular Hollywood TV yeah. show. Yeah. Like, for a whole run, you know, like, like 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 yeah. david lynch level right and then i think that to, to draw yeah. another parallel between uh, him and uh, shinchiro watanabe like sometimes people talk about breaking bad like cowboy bebop where they're like hey what episodes can i skip you know because the filler that doesn't contribute to the main and it's like no you no, gotta watch no. all of them you know the you yeah right like bebop has the the silly episode with the uh the food that they left in the fridge too long or the, yeah you seem this tweet of the person yeah. who, then, who then, watch watch bebop for the first time and and sees the you know the the duel between the spike and the cowboy guy oh, yeah. and yeah, they've yeah. seen and they've seen the, the 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 animation before but didn't know the context and the fact yeah. that it's a gag is that it's basically yeah. it has a better directing and framing and animation that half yes. of the anime production just for a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so yeah it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like you know, Breaking yeah, Bad has like an episode where uh, Walter's trying to like smack a fly. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> you need stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. uh, it, it, it's if anything, it's it's definitely I I, I come from an, an older generation much like some of us in here where it's like, like you like something so much that you want to physically own it like now i'm kind of like man i just want something tangible of breaking bad i mean i watch it on netflix i mean that's fine but like like part of me is like i want to be able to just physically look at like a box set of blu-rays and be like oh this is great kind of like when mf doom uh most def was staring at his vinyl of uh mf doom he was like you understand me like it's just there's this very like uh a strong desire to just like have something tactile from that experience and i mean like i said i'm not even done with it and i'm just like so thoroughly impressed with uh what the show is actually doing i was not ready for how good it was uh and i'm i'm, I'm super excited so i will at some point yeah at some we'll point I will, yeah 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 I'll, I'll definitely let people know like when i'm actually finished and where my brain is at and uh, <laughs> Because hey James, I, I was wondering you you are talking about Watanabe. Have you watched um, his last series, Carol and Tuesday? No, that was good. Yeah, you, uh, I really want since, to see that one. You, you should probably all watch it. You're, yeah. you're, you're, there's the same. Yeah, you know it's very um, it's very different because uh, it's two female characters. There's a bit of sci-fi and it's basically more. You know how Watanabe mixes music and directing all the time you know with great yes. you know great um, shots and stuff like that well since this music is about two um two young women like uh creating a um a music band 
it's uh, it's all dedicated to music. There's a lot of uh, basically there's original songs everywhere uh, that um, that they are singing, and um, it's very it's very good. It's like way more. It's lighter than his previous series, I think. Even lighter than Bebop. There's not there's not you know this dichotomy between the serious episodes and the the gag episodes. It's more like a, a constant. But uh, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of very, very great things. It's very well animated. It's beautiful. So yeah, you. I suggest. I think it's in, it's on Netflix. Netflix had it when it came out, and uh, it was yeah, very, I very great. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I suggest you you watch it. And uh, and there was also another series I watched recently that was very Watanabe in the style, but it was not Watanabe at all. It was the the um, series about crooks on Netflix to um, super crooks. No, it's not Super Crooks. It was before, and I was surprised actually that Super Crooks came. It was, um, oh, I, yeah, about. I know what you're talking sorry? about. I know, uh, it's yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Japanese yeah. thief and uh, yeah, the the guy that suns, yeah sud- suddenly uh, finds himself in the kind of uh, thief world, I would say. And uh, there's a, a kind of international, you know, uh, crew of thieves going from the grandma to the femme fatale to the French and uh, unbearable guy because we are all unbearable. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, it's 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 very great. Yeah, uh, great What's pretender. The name? Great pretender. The, the great pretender. Yeah. yeah where, was, oh yeah. yeah. I, that actually. Yeah. That's yeah. That's another one that I really wanted to watch. Yeah. It went a bit under the radar, I think, when it came out, but it had a kind of both in tone and music and stuff like that, and in the craziness of the situation, it remind it reminded me a lot of a, of a kind of Watanabe inspired production. Oh, so yeah, sure. very yeah. very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Right. Very very good. Right. Speaking uh, of very good, shall we get to our uh, topic? Yeah, I'm not not prepared at all, but go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll ease into it. It's all about taking it easy today. All right, folks. So the topic of today's podcast, our Eater Podcast number sixty-five, begins now. Well, I mean, it's it already began. But um, so the topic today is we're going to talk about the life and work of uh, Shichiro Kobayashi. Uh, he's one of the great background painters and art directors, and just all around one of the most influential creators in Japanese animation. And uh, he he recently passed away on uh, August twenty fifth, uh, twenty twenty two. Uh, just a couple days short of turning 90. So he lived a long, uh, full life. Uh, you know, he was able to actually retire uh, comfortably and his career spanned over 40 years. And uh, this is, uh, he's got one of the most incredible resumes uh, in, in in anime or any field. Like, uh, uh, I think maybe maybe I could just sort of read like a highlight and then we could maybe uh, get into yeah, it. Must drop, must drop the name, like yeah. like just stun our listeners. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. First, I have to admit that um, I, I I actually didn't consciously know who he was until I heard about him passing. Like I I must have heard his name before, but I never committed it to memory. But um, when you see, when you listen, when you hear this list, there's gonna be shows that you've seen and probably loved. And it's like, it all starts making sense. You're like, oh my God, like this one person was a key contributor to all of these. And then, you know, like, I, I he's so influential that like, I didn't even piece it together because 
I just thought like, oh, that's just how anime looks. I didn't know like there was this like one, you know, voice like behind so much of it. Okay, let's. Okay, so keep. So this guy is uh, the number one most celebrated background artist in in all of anime. I think it's fair to say that, and um, also yes. uh, art director. And in 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 animation production in Japanese animation, uh, art director is actually very like layout. Uh, focused um, so okay okay so here's here's just a highlight this is not even this is just a fraction of it but these are you know pretty notable uh shows that he's worked on so uh <clears throat> 1967 he worked on uh, cyborg 009 you know just one, one of the foundational anime 1968 he worked on sally the witch arguably the first shoujo anime 1971 he worked on Kyutaro. Uh, that's uh, you know uh, earlier than than doraemon um, same same creators. Seventy two. He worked on Gutsy Frog again, one of the most influential uh, gag anime. Seventy three. He worked on uh, Panda Go Panda, written by Hayao Miyazaki, directed by Asao Takahata. One of their first uh, major collaborations, right? And it was a proto uh, Totoro. It's, it's it's like you you can see so much of Totoro already kind of being fleshed out in in those two uh, uh, short films. Um, uh, 73, he worked on Samurai Giants, a very influential uh, baseball anime. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki did a lot of key animation on that, a really beautiful looking show. Uh, 75, he worked on uh, Gamba no Boken, a fun, you know, animal adventure anime, really, just really wonderful looking. Uh, 79, worked on Aim for the Ace, one of the most influential sports anime. And of course, you know, um, uh, Gunbuster, Aim for the Top was, uh, you know, the, the name was inspired by that and sort of the vibe of it too. 79, he worked on Castle of Cagliostro. That was Hayao Miyazaki's wow. debut feature film. And, uh, you know, one of, uh, probably one of his best known works in the West. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that's a huge film. Like that, that's, yeah. That's and, and it's just the beginning. Like it's yeah. like very uh, old stuff when you yeah. go, yeah, we're when still you continue, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 1980, he worked on uh, the Phoenix OVA. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Tezuka's life work, Phoenix. So he helped adapt that to the screen. 81, Ashita no Joe 2. That was the second take on adapting it into a TV anime. Uh, that was, you know, uh, Osamu Dezaki directed. Uh, they worked together uh, uh, several times. And um, Ashita no Joe, that's where one of the shows where um, Dezaki developed his uh, postcard memories effect, right? You know, where, where like uh, the episode ends, the animation uh, freeze frames yeah. and then fades into like a watercolor or just a detailed painting, right? Really iconic yeah. effect. Uh, you know, really notable in Ashita no Joe. This guy, um, he he actually painted those. Shichiro Kobayashi was, you know, art director and he actually literally painted a lot of the famous um, postcard memories, the iconic ones. Uh, the next year he worked on <clears throat> Space Adventure Cobra, the movie. Uh, <laughs> big one, right? A huge in Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like, because the the previous names that you mentioned, if if you're not, you know, an anime connoisseur of the biggest story, you may have missed them except for the Miyazaki stuff. But mm -hmm. now we're going into the more, I would say, contemporary things. Oh yeah. Like, uh, at least that you've heard, even if you're young. So yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. So so next year. And, and I'm skipping. These are just the highlights that I recognize. Um, Galgo 13 and 83. 
the movie. Yes. I was that, just going to mention that. Yeah. yeah, that was a big release in the States. Yeah. And that was the first uh, animated uh, feature film with uh, 3D computer graphics in it. Three years before yep. The Great Mouse Detective from Disney. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you if you ever go back and look at Google 13, there is some intricate background painting work uh, in in that actual like film. Like it is yeah. kind of incredible. Like just looking at like the the work that was done to like really bring you into the world of Google 13 and Duke yeah. Togo. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna try to go through the list as quick as we can and then we can just dive into the ones that we're familiar with okay a3 he did uh uh, creamy mammy which is one of the major magical girl shows of the 80s um 84 he did uh urasa yatsura 2 beautiful dreamer uh, with uh you know directed by mamoru uh, oshi yes um super influential movie okay 85 also worked with oshi as art director on angel's egg awesome movie we're definitely going to talk about that uh but just real okay. quick you know what angel's egg uh, uh one of oshi's major movies um uh uh, uh yoshitaka amano also contributed um you know and p- people usually just see it as an oshi amano movie but actually the art director you know was uh, kobayashi uh and then you know 87 kimigure orange road uh 88, One Pound Gospel, 89, Venus Wars, another amazing sci-fi movie, super, super big influence on me personally. Uh, dude, James, like, skip into the 90s, 93, worked on Orgus. Oh, my uh, God. Skip ahead, 97, he worked on Utena, Revolutionary Girl yes. Utena. Yeah, Utena is crazy. The same and? year, yes, this is a big one. He worked on Berserk. He was the art director on the Berserk TV show. Oh. <clears throat> and we're not even done. 98, he worked on uh, Oh My Goddess. Uh, 99, what? Sorcerer's Shadow <laughs> Right? It's oh, like Whiplash. And then here, you guys won't believe this. 1999, he worked on Two Heart. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I remember Yeah, like, like, you know, super otaku... Oh. Like he's just yeah, and then um, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, he did like two uh Pokemon short films. Uh and then oh, cool. <clears throat> two thousand two, Yokohama Kadaishi Kiko. Uh, you know, the, the like amazing slice of life sci-fi. Uh two thousand five, Giver, the the new Giver TV show, two thousand six, Blood Plus, two thousand seven, Nodane oh, Cantable, and then uh, 2008, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Cant- sorry, I'm sorry, I mangled that word. <laughs> um, 2008, uh, Detroit Metal City, like just one of the most hilarious wow. anime I've ever Whoa. seen, and it keeps going. But um, I'll I'll just stop there. Those are uh, the the you know some of the historically important ones uh, that I could recognize, uh, and there's so much more, uh, especially for Japanese viewers. There's a lot of stuff he worked on that didn't really probably didn't leave japan like in a big way uh but yeah he is the guy when it comes to uh backgrounds like just incredible resume and uh he worked on you know you know he worked with some of the best directors he helped them shape their vision and on top of that he trained some of the best known um background artists today like kazuo oga uh, you know the ghibli background painter the guy that really set the look for all the famous ghibli movies he trained directly under uh, under Kobayashi, 
you know, they uh, they work together on a lot of the pre-Ghibli stuff, like uh, Panda Go Panda and stuff. So, whew, okay, I'm going to catch my breath. You guys, like, yeah, let's dig right in. There's so <laughs> much here. We, we could spend the rest of the year, like, talking about the like, shows. Well, literally. Right. Yeah, that he worked cool. on. But I think, I think what's incredible is when you realize how much of a, a stamp he had on uh, typical conventions of Japanese animation that we yep. just like like he's one of those people that like kind of you know made their stamp and it's something that people still look up to that still aspire to uh you know to this day you know you look at like uh some of the bg paintings that are in uh shoujo kakeme utena revolutionary girl utena and you look at um some of the isolated like hospital scenes in evangelion where ray was you know like in a hospital room, like the the lighting and the compositional effects, that same mood that the colors evoke is something that I feel like, oh, you know, totally. Kobayashi definitely influenced. And it's like, you know, it's almost like you see one BG painting that he's done, or and it just automatically cor- correlates back. You're like, wait a minute, I know this feeling, I know this mood, and it's like, I'm a big fan of Ava, I'm a big fan of Utana, but it's like seeing those things it makes a whole lot of sense because it's like that flavoring is there because of the work that he had done in previous, uh, you know, titles. Um, you know, one of the things that I, when I was first getting into anime that I really liked about it was that the world building, like with the art itself was so engaging and so like believable. It's like when you see these backgrounds, you're just like, these are really the worlds that these characters live in. And I feel like Kobayashi's work uh really complements that and encapsulates that feeling yeah. so i i just want to add real quick um so I, I watched an interview with them earlier and they asked him oh you know what's your job as uh, art director right and they said the most important thing was the uh building the world uh so the the, the anime term for that the anime industry term is a uh, sekai it just literally means world but, world um, yeah like world building that was his job it wasn't just painting backgrounds it was world building he would sit with you know the staff, the director, all the creators, and they would, he he would piece together the vision of that whole setting. Like that, that's where his expertise was. Yeah, man. Like it's it's. I mean, that's what I felt. You know, like it's. And I feel like a lot of people felt that. It's just yeah. like, man, like this is such a convincing world. You know, like I, I feel, uh, you know, the worlds that they're in. Like I don't. It, it it's one of those things where when you look at it you know it's animation but you don't think about it as animation you just think about it as being in that world if you don't yeah yeah wouldn't you guys say that that is like probably one of the biggest draws of anime right like like yes a a lot of a lot of you know shows tv shows cartoons like you you stop thinking about it like the world exists for those characters right like yeah like you know you whereas in anime it's like that world persists you you feel like there's so many stories outside of what you're seeing and when the episode ends you're yes. just like those lives continue and you're just like wondering what's going on and and it's it's the art direction contributes to that so much oh man yeah yeah like it's it's uh it's like that same feeling that uh you get when you watch the uh the driving sequence uh before the action happens in um in wicked city you know when you're 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 going around that turn and that turn actually does look like a shot from a dirty harry movie but the feel the mood and the colors and 
all of those things give you such a different feeling from what the potential reference is of it. And I feel like uh, that feeling is, is something that, you know, Kobayashi like stamped on so many things. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, just thinking about that list of, of, of work that he's done, it's like, it's such a huge body of work. And I mean, we haven't even covered like half of half of it. I mean, that yep. man really lived the life of an art director. Uh, you know, it, it almost feels like he had no sleep. Um, you know, but I, uh, I think he must yeah. have because he, he lived to like a couple days shy of 90. <laughs> so I think unlike a lot of his yeah. peers, I think he got he got some sleep in there. Yeah. Yeah, he nodded off at some point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, like I just, it's something about his work that, I mean, it, it not only is something that you feel in particular series, but then there's the diversity of the work that he did. Like, that's the thing that gets me. You go from like, uh, I don't know, something like Gogol 13 yeah. to Loveless to little red riding hood cha-cha to like he was just all over like he he just was like i can embody what's necessary for this and make you feel what you need to feel yeah um i think he worked on sorcerer stabber orphan too yeah. uh the tv series and he was an art director for that and it's just like uh just the the diversity of what he was able to do he kept evolving right like like uh, adam yeah. that's something you talk about a lot with like the the the, the creators and the martial artists and the the, the people oh, you so. admire right like they they never stop evolving and pushing themselves right absolutely this is one thing which is kind of relevant to what it is i just went to actually like um master albert cheeks was talking to me about this idea that like you can go deeper into an art form and then mm. that you can even evolve yourself through it just by the time in which you spend existing you know through training whether you whether you're you know you don't even have to be specifically like um training for for a fight specifically but like we have uh in taekwondo things called like pumse which are like these motions that we do and you can be like graded up on those and stuff but just the artistry of those moves they remind me so much of just like the creativity that we apply when we you know when we put pen to paper when we put pixels on a screen when we you know whip out our tablets and start drawing like just all of the ways that we decide to take inspiration from like our own lives and like the jobs that we do the people that we love and know around us like even people who we've never even met before you know like there are lots of people who you know sit down on trains and draw other people and like they learn how to you know through that practice and through that time like through that experience they're gaining in new skills and they're evolving over time and just like this reminds me so much of that like the way in which like someone can over so many periods of time and working across so many different things grow and continue to change i mean <clears throat> Just think how many different like IPs and different things that he's worked on just there. And then how many people must he have like met throughout doing all of that? You know, how many different people's influences, how many different people's critiques, how many different people's, you know, just little idiosyncrasies and stuff like that. Like all the different things that come throughout being involved with people in creative spaces and processes, like they don't always have to be like work related or focused, even for example, just in terms of random little quirks and stuff like that that exist within video games like all sorts of little inside jokes or small ideas like they birth whole you know mechanics of games or storyline plot points or all sorts of things within studios themselves like i've seen it occur so like just thinking about that in terms of like the ability to have that mass 
pool of experience and that library of information to draw from over such a long and well-storied career that must be immense it reminds me so much of um what it is that we see in different artists for example um one of my one, one of my favorite um Jungri Kim uh, that wonderful visual artist from uh, South Korea like his ability to draw things seemingly from memory like he's not just drawing them from like absolute like nothingness so to speak although it might seem that way to people when they first look like he has an immense like visual library within his mind that he can draw from and that ability to do so comes from mass amounts of practice over hundreds of thousands of you know hours of just time just all of this all this practice and all of this all of this experience and just just this this ability to keep on evolving as you as you do a thing and even if you think it might not be great, even if you think it is great, like just the act of doing it in and of itself is like adding to that wider experience. I think that's just an awesome thing. And when you see someone like a, like like this amazing person who we're talking about today, like it just kind of blows my mind that like all of that can be housed within like a person, you know? It's like the whole thing that um that Karkopinski used to say, like you can you can never sort of be the um the artist that you sort of like truly want to be in a sense there's always like the one thing better sort of referencing the the Hakusai kind of mindset of being like oh well I think yeah listen I'm doing all right now but when I'm like 60 I'll be like really good okay no when I'll be 70 I'll be like really good okay when I'm eight I'll be really really good it's like I just wonder sometimes about like that in terms of you know like what in his mind I wonder or wish that we could like you know sort of like find out like what in his mind does he or would he have considered to be you know some of his own personal best like achievements and works or even you know goals because again like artists always have goals they always have things which they want to improve upon or areas which they think that they're doing well at but could change but yeah i just think that there's such a wealth of experience within a person and then even as we as we mentioned previously people like Olga training underneath this underneath this person just like yeah it's, it's just the the passing down of, uh, of skills and knowledge and the birth of new forms of you know those same skills and knowledge just given new twists through new people's experiences i think it's just yeah this this person to me represents like um a cycle within like the creative person's life if that makes sense right like the yeah. sort of ability to go through so many different stages go into so many different projects learning so much helping and training people and then ultimately passing on and being this figure which is you know spoken about even as we are right now and held in such high regard and with tangible fingerprints across not just like those mass amounts of work but across people's you know literal memories and their artistic souls and beings i think it's just it's amazing because everyone will have a favorite thing which he worked on but like there will be so many people whose inspirations and whose creative drive will come from those very same things which he worked on and those very same things which the people he, he taught also will have worked on it's just a big cycle and yeah i think this is really um it's really interesting when you kind of like zoom out and look at it like that it's like a big spider diagram of of interactions and, and learning yeah 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 i i i shared a link earlier uh to uh there's a wonderful short uh, documentary about uh, Shichiro Kobayashi uh, from Tokotoko, uh, mm -hmm. now now called Archipel. Um, it's from 2015. Uh, just look up Tokotoko, T-O-C-O -O, times two, 
and uh, Kobayashi, and, and you should be able to find it on uh, YouTube. Uh, really good, uh, just snippets of, of talks with him. And it's great to see, like, he's so energetic. Like, he would have been probably about 83 when they recorded that, but he's so lively. And uh, he's still, like, so into his work. He's retired, but he's still, like, drawing and painting. And he's still trying to, like, <clears throat> you know, find the best version of himself through his art. Like, it, it's exactly. really inspiring. Um, he talks a lot about, like, just, like, uh, here, let me, let me quote him. He said, uh, every time we're influenced by rules, knowledge, and all kinds of information, all those things are a disturbance obsolete the question is whether we're able to disconnect from those things in order to express our originality this is the challenge i'm currently taking <laughs> so like <laughs> trying to distance myself from the concrete oh man and in order to only express what matters in the straightest way right so he, he's always after that that purity of expression like it's mm -hmm. Yeah. What's very funny also is that uh, when you see at the end of this documentary, he's actually doing uh, abstract painting, basically. And uh, that reminds a little bit of uh, of works like Kaninsky or stuff like that. Mm. And that's so funny because, you know, that's going from something useful and absolutely figurative to something I would say useless in the sense that you know it doesn't go into a production and abstract really shows that you know he had a progression from a professional uh, you know artist professional guy that draws to someone who draw who seeks something even beyond you know just in the in the medium itself which is always very interesting when you see this kind of shift uh, happen in two people yeah no, absolutely mm -hmm. really liking yeah really like it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah later on he he does talk about you know the importance of drawing on like your life experiences um he says whatever i want to express things from the past are always coming back to mind when i am drawing and a more pure original way sorry i'm still still yeah. reading wait 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 something unexpected something unknown that that is how we are able to surprise and leave a trace right so so he's you know he's reaching back into his life experiences but he's always trying to produce something new and original with those experiences like that's what he's always pushing himself to do and i think that's how he's remained so dynamic like across mm -hmm. all of those different shows like you know now that i know mm -hmm. who he is and i can look up his resume it's like i can connect the dots and you can see his hand and everything but before just as a fan watching all this stuff it's like wow so different so many different things and yeah i mean that's how you can achieve that just always really push yourself to to try to do uh something original but not 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 arbitrary right it's about like digging yeah. deep and finding like this is the thing that only i can do you know that's really inspiring yeah 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 uh, i'm just having a look now at just like um a few things which i had actually like seen and like mm -hmm. really enjoyed that he had been a part of 
for example, um, Castle of Cagliostro. Like, I'm just looking at lots of different bits and pieces of the art from this, and I'm just like, man, like it really was one of my favorites, especially in terms of like the um, just the just the shapes and the foliage, like just utilized and just how well it is that so much of this gorgeous, gorgeous film is colored in so much green, but in such interesting and like intriguing ways. Like, I really, really love it. Like, yeah, really, really cool. Also, yeah, one of my favorite that... scenes is that. Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, go continue, continue. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is like there's the big um like car chase when they're in like the yellow car, but mm. also like this is one of my favorite like shots when they're sort of like just opening up like the um the front of the car because they need to change like the tire and stuff like that, and they're just going through this sort of chilled out process, and then they have um obviously you got like Lupin just sat on top of the car just chilling out and just like just, just having like a oh a wonderful a wonderful time and then they've got these like these beautiful like tr- not trees so they've got these beautiful plants and uh just I just really love the way that, that the flowers like look and how wonderful like the daisies and like the daffodils and just like the daisies they just all look so great I just really really enjoy it like I, yeah I've just got such a what's the word for it there's there's a real like nostalgia that is like imbued upon like so many of these images and like when they cut when you find out that a lot of this is from like the literal like you know like 70s for example like this is a movie which came out like back then like and you think about so many things that would take influence from this even now like it it really sort of just hammers home how like timeless so much of this is specifically because of like the intensity of its like stylization but also at the same time like just the just the quality of like the craft itself like they just know what they're doing so well and like i just think it's really i just think it's really impressive that like so much of this could just continue to look so 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 good no matter how far away like time distends from its like original release yeah that's great that's a really good point like um yeah like it it, it's it's almost like the work that he does is 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 timeless but also still captures uh yeah that moment and feel of that present moment um and it's 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 interesting because it, it makes you really think about the intent you have when you you know put your stylist to a tablet you know you were talking about particular movements in martial arts and like the intent behind what people are doing and that that parallel is really strong because you know when you see whenever i see something like that that really impacts me um it does make me think a little bit more before i start putting something on uh a file or like in a photoshop file you know like whatever those lines are like even hours or days before like i'll see something that inspires me and then like i try to capture that feeling in my head of like okay how can i do this my way um because kobayashi's not he's not copying anything he's to me he's taking you with him to that moment that he experienced but he's doing it through the narrative of whatever project that he's on um and to me that's like it's it's incredible that you know he's able to do that through so many different projects and and fit the mood of those projects and then but still there's this part where you can look at that work isolated and go like something happened to him or something he witnessed caused like uh, a mental exploration in his mind to get him to understand okay if i show this from this particular perspective with this particular color mood and this 
I can create a formula with my own work that like gives this person a specific mood for this shot. Like it, it really makes you value the the shots that uh, he chose and that he executed. Yeah. So I I, I just want to uh, that reminds me of so the the Toko Toko uh, documentary. Um, something that he said. So at the beginning of it, uh, well, so first off, he's he's originally from Hokkaido, right? So he's not from like a big city, right? So he he grew up uh, around a lot of nature, right? And so he said when he was younger, he liked to just sit and watch the the river. Uh, he talks about this in the Toka Toka documentary. They just sit and watch the water flow and just like imagine stuff, right? So I, I think you're you're right. Like he's he's not just like oh you know I watched a lot of stuff and I'm drawing on that. It's like no, he's like out in nature, just like sitting there thinking, just this pensive little kid letting his imagination run wild. So it's like deeply like deeply personal, right? Yeah. That's so funny. He also did uh, Nobody's Remy. Like, I don't know if you, for, for some reason, this anime is very well known in France and appreciated because. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's for those who don't remember about it. Uh, it's basically a very dramatic story about a kid who's sold by his parents during uh, hard times. And the kid has to follow a street performer called Vitalis and his dogs and his monk and little monkey and uh, it's basically a succession of of dramatic things happening to everyone like the vitalis dying in the snow the dogs getting shot the <laughs> the, the 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 monkey uh, like dying from exhaustion stuff oh, like that yeah. and and remy is in the middle of all this and uh, it's so funny because I, I i remember watching it and it had a very dark tone and it was was very and it was very appreciated in France culturally also because you know in France we had a very terrible relationship with anime uh, because of the of things that happened in the 19s like when they aired um Okutonoken to children on the Wednesday morning nice. and uh, so oh. it's th th things happened one day I'll, I'll explain everything to you but and so uh, nobody's Remy uh, which Kobayashi worked on too was like seen as a very, um, how to say it, more um, respectable <laughs> anime because of his dramatic tone and also because it had a very um, a very famous French voice actor, a guy that na that was born in the in the twenties actually, and uh, that gave his voice to the narrator because there's a narrator and it actually feels like a bit like. Um, uh, Victor's Hugo, Les Miserables, you know, mm. and uh, there's the narrator saying like, oh, Remy, uh, Remy's feet are hurting, but he runs faster to go back to Vitalis and you're like, I'm going to cry because his, 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 <laughs> his feet <laughs> hurt. You know? So yeah, that's very, that's very funny to find uh, nobody's Remy into this, uh, into the list of Kobayashi's work because that, that's completely unrelated and related, you know, to yeah. a kind of uh, legend of the, the anime in French culture. So yeah, that's uh, that's something very strange. That's uh, that's super funny, yeah. super funny. Amazing reach. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so cool to like have a career that spans the world like that. Like we all grew up in, in very different places and but we've all grown up loving like this, this dude's work. 
without even knowing yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah, without even knowing. Yeah, it's like it's like you cannot That's escape his his, yeah. his reach. You know, he, like you 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 add to if you're a bit if you if you are like us uh millenniums or millennials or boomers <laughs> you probably have seen at least one episode where he worked on yeah. on it so that's that's very 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 funny like oh my god Ute- utena is so I, I need to watch it watch utena because when it was released in france i really didn't understand what's going on, what was going on like i saw two episodes and i was like what <laughs> it's going on <laughs> like it doesn't make sense at all but knowing that he worked on it and i uh, yeah the some uh, some of the the backgrounds are, exp- are shown into the toko toko documentary that sounds super great that sounds actually very very good like uh i should probably watch it yeah damn yeah. there's so many things yeah, so many things let's uh let's get into uh maybe like Let's try to get more into the nitty gritty of like his style. Like, what 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 do you guys see as like sort of what stands out about his particular execution of backgrounds? You know, like so I just posted mm. an image in our chat. Uh, one shot is from Castle of Cagliostro. You know, it's Lupin walking down, uh, you know, this path in the castle. And mm. I post another shot from Beauty and the Beast, which is a, a beautiful Disney style background, very reflective of like you know. Disney traditional mm. animation backgrounds like they have very oh. different feelings, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Similar. The, yeah. The, the light first, I would say. Like the um, also the, there's a kind of maybe that's because we posted some uh, some backgrounds, but in some like yeah, there's a kind of light that is very crude sometimes. Like uh, for example, in Cagliostro. You can see that uh, Lupin is walking, you know, under trees, and there's this ray of light, you know, going going through it. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at the um, at his work on uh, on Berserk too, you can see that there's a there's always like this kind of um, yeah, you you notice it, the red or the the primary color that is uh, always you know showing. That's very uh, that's very surprising. It's uh, it's almost like it's it's a bit designy in some aspects, you know. So yeah, uh, you know. Uh, let's cool. let's talk about the light, the light, right? Because uh, yeah. I feel like he he applies the light like heavy. Those god rays are are, are heavy, opaque paint, paint yeah. right? And yeah. then if if you look at say mm-hmm. like uh, you know most animation, they they they. Like Disney stuff will like apply like a transparency to it. It'll be very soft, mm-hmm. but uh, you know his is like really bold, and I, I feel like uh, like like if you look at traditional animation, you know, in the Disney vein, or even like the old Toei uh, movies, like long before Ghibli, like in the fifties, early sixties, like I think they try to um, they're so refined that you you don't really see the brush strokes, right? They try to build verisimilitude, right, by by kind of erasing the mark making and just making the background like just so polished, right? Uh, whereas uh, Shichiro Kobayashi's backgrounds, like unapologetically, like you you can see the strokes, right? Yeah, you can yeah. see oh, the artist's oh, hand. The, yeah. yeah, the the water also dispersing the ink and uh, drying in yeah. drying in the yeah and that's maybe that's a reflection also about the maybe the styles you know how very often artists have to have 
um, restrictions or, oh, yeah. or stuff because you're when you're 100% free, you don't know actually what to make. And what's funny is that all those cartoons were made, uh, you know, in very before actually uh, HD or even uh, uh, 720p. Like it was very like television. The resolution on on television was. And television were blurring, you know, what you were doing. So right now we are watching it. Well, we can watch his shows in pure HD glory where we can see, you know, the brush strokes and stuff like that. But maybe if you apply, you know, a CRT, uh, a CRT filter on it, maybe <laughs> everything. Reminds me. Yeah, scan lines actually. Yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah, maybe you know it blurs it. Yeah. So maybe it blurs it. So maybe. We have a distorted view because we are watching, you know, the backgrounds as paintings outside of TV on LCD screens and stuff like that. But maybe, you know, he was doing it like this because in the end it didn't, um, it didn't matter because the TV was doing a kind of, you know, blurring or, or mixing, you know, or, or exactly like we see in pixel art. Where you know your exactly. your brain is doing yeah, yeah. so may, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the style you know derives from production oh, totally. con, con, constraints like you have to go fast so you don't know you you can't you know do a, a very detailed thing but also maybe you know the con, the constraints actually the technical constraint managed to erase the the, the, um, the artistic constraints you know maybe that's uh that's the thing that makes it very unique like he didn't care because maybe the technicalities later managed to erase what people will say is too bold or too visible or throw or too much painty you know too much you know drawing so yeah that's uh maybe that's uh that's it that's very very interesting uh, i I, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's the story of anime, right? Like, 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 just the production limits uh, running into those, but then um, finding freedom in that, right? Like, I mean, that list earlier was a fraction of his work. He's he's worked on like dozens of shows, probably like hundreds, if not thousands, of episodes <laughs> of stuff. So he had to be fast. Like he had, he definitely had to develop like a fast style. Right, like you, you can't just you, you. It would be impossible to do like super refined, uh, you know, like like just totally rendered. Don't see any lines. Like uh, you just couldn't do that with this output. And yet, I'll say though, on top of that, it's a really good point about the TVs like blurring stuff. But I think even even in H HD, um, you don't really notice how raw it is unless you like pause you step and, yeah you pause yeah. because the way it but, reads is totally convincing like you're just when i watch it i'm in that moment and it's so well composed mm. and um yeah i have a maybe another suggestion on why it seems so rough maybe i don't remember how big the sheets of paper disney were using but when you see in the documentary like he shows his work for example on uh, revolutionary girl tena and you can see that the um, the backgrounds are actually just um <clears throat> a3 sized paper like that's not big you know to when when you think about it it's it's actually a pretty well some people will say listening to the 
Oh my god, A3 is already very big, but I'm the kind of guy that draws and paints on like one meter by 60 centimeters size, and I'm like, this is very small, I'm a bit constrained. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm watching the, 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 these works on A3, and I'm like, okay, since he has to go fast, you cannot use like half a millimeter uh, brushes. You have to go with, you know, uh, bigger pencils and uh, bigger uh, brushes to be able to go faster. Yep. And since the paper is small and that it's, and after that they take a detailed picture and it's put right here in the show, of course it's going to go to, to be very rough, you know. It will need more time to use smaller uh, tools to do smaller details if we, if we didn't want to see them or you will need the same tools but bigger sheets of paper so you know the resolution will be, be will be bigger so yeah that's uh it all seems to comes from production issues and uh, you know what tools were available and what was expected technically at the yeah. time maybe that's very interesting that's very very interesting yeah i really love this when there's you know a kind of um a kind of problem that derives from production or technical constraints and you have to do your best uh, within all those things and it's, that's often where the the most interesting works like it, it often makes people uh, do their best work and that's very 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 interesting like that's uh, and I, I mentioned in the documentary with
and do that dropping through. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, take care. Stay safe. It's great to be back. The crew is back together, barring Sean, who will be here next time, I'm sure. We miss you, Sean. And uh, yeah, like we'll get right to it. You guys stay safe out there and uh, see you all next time. Outro music. Bye. Outro music. music. Yeah. Outro <laughs> music en français. Mm. <laughs> oui, oui, bonsoir, bonsoir. Oui, oui, bonsoir, au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. <laughs> Take care. Right. And, and add a, a, a bald eagle scream for, for James. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Take uh, care, guys. Hey. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye.